welcome to the Last Looks podcast, a show where we catch up with talented hairstylists and makeup artists in the film and television industry. We'll pick their super creative brains and find out all the good stuff. Join me, your host, Jamie Lee, in finding out what's what in the hair and makeup departments around the world. And now, a word from our sponsor. As a special effects makeup artist, you need the right makeup products to make your characters look absolutely convincing, enthralling, or terrifying to your audiences. That's where Lux Skin FX comes in, specializing in high-quality makeup for professional makeup artists. Lux Skin FX carries the best special effect makeup supplies available to the entertainment industry today. Choose from their wide selection of high-performance products, including alcohol palettes, drying blood, dirt, and they even have a small cosmetics collection, all at remarkably affordable prices. Lux Skin FX prides itself on their superior customer service and quick delivery times. Message day or night to ensure you have a seamless shopping experience. Well, what are you waiting for? Bring your characters to life with Lux Skin FX. Sign up today at LuxSkinFX.com for your pro discount and start saving. And now, our feature presentation. Okay, guys, so a little bonus episode for everyone because on September 13th, an incredible book is due to be born into our world. Howard Berger and Marshall Julius are introducing us to Masters of Makeup Effects, a century of practical magic. So often when I chat to artists on their start in the industry and we talk about when they were a kid or a teenager, so many of them will mention a book or magazine that they managed to beg their parent to get them. Um, And it ends up being so cherished and loved and read over and over again from start to finish. And I'm so excited that there is a book now that some of those artists are actually not only in, but it will be a first book that some young movie making, makeup effects loving kids will be begging their parents to get them. And so the cycle continues. It really is such a beautiful book. So, so well thought out and so much love for the work and the community within its pages. Pictures up. Last looks. Rolling. And action. Welcome to the Last Looks podcast, Howard and Marshall. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. Now, this is a fun bonus episode, so I can chat to you guys about an incredible book you have coming out on September the 13th. Mm -hmm. The book title is Masters of Makeup Effects, A Century of Practical Magic. Magic. There you go. <laughs> it's magic. It's and magic. makeup. Well, makeup is magic. So there you go. I know there is already a lot of hype around the book um, that I've seen on social media and online, and people are pretty excited to get their hands on a copy. Um, so let's add to that excitement, shall we? Yeah, that sounds great. I mean, it's it's been so far well received. And Marshall and I started plugging the book like three months out, four months out, just to test the waters. And it's been great. The pre-orders are good and, and people are excited. And yeah, you know, we, we printed a bunch of T-shirts, which we sent out to people that pre-ordered shirts. And, and that was fun. And seeing everybody sending photos our way and posting photos our way. Uh, actually, I owe you a, a T-shirt, Jamie. And um, <laughs> yes. so I'll send it your way. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> 
And uh, no, it's been really fun. And, you know, Marshall's super, super enthusiastic about everything, which is great. And that's what feeds the whole process. And I mean, the reason why we wrote this book is because Marshall has been bothering me for 15 years to write a book with him. And I finally found the time because we were in the pandemic and there was nothing we could do about not going to work. So Marshall struck at that point and just said, uh, Hey, you know what? You have no reason to say you can't write a book. So let's write, let's write a book. Right, Marshall? Absolutely. It was like finally a pandemic. Finally, Howard has no reason to, uh, to be too busy to do this book with me. And um, I shouldn't, you know, let's just say it's the silver lining to the pandemic. At least it was for me that uh, I knew Howard would be home. And it wasn't just that Howard was home. It was that all his makeup buddies and all the people that he's worked with over the years would probably also be stuck at home and bored and with nothing to do. And so, you know, they thought they might as well speak to us. You know, everybody loves Howard. Everybody was happy to do it for him. I mean, if I was just doing it myself as a journalist, I think they probably wouldn't necessarily have taken my call or a lot of them anyway. But <laughs> Howard's a door opener, you know, and so I, that's why I don't think this, this book would never have happened without him. So it was worth stalking him for 10, 15 years to get him to do it with me. And it worked out, didn't it, Howard? It worked out. It did. Yes, it was. It was definitely it worked out. And I think, you know, if we had tried to write something earlier, it wouldn't have been what it is now. You know, I mean, we we spent two years, you know, as soon as the pandemic hit, like it was the beginning of April, Marshall reached out and like had the had an idea. Let's do this. And I always wanted to write a book or because I love education. And But mostly there was a book when I was growing up called Making a Monster by mm. Sue Roy and Al Taylor. And I love that book. And and I still have my original copy and I bought two additional copies just in case. Uh, I don't know in just in case of what, but I did it anyhow. <laughs> and um, yeah, in case the catcher's on fire and then I don't have my original copy. But, um, and I always thought it'd be cool if there was a sequel to that book because it was, it was so interesting. So that's what I pitched the Marshall and we talked about it, came up with a bunch of ideas and ended up deciding to do a book that wasn't, it's not a biography on individual makeup artists. So making a monster, each chapter is on a different makeup artist, be it Cecil Holland, be it, you know, uh, Lon Chaney, be it, um, you know, Tom Berman, so forth mm -hmm. and so on, Rick Baker. And uh, we wanted to really make it more about the adventure and, and stories from the road and include you know, a thousand photos people hadn't really seen before. So it was, it was a lot of, of preparation. And of course, a lot of asking, I asked a lot of, a lot of my friends and, and mm. people that I wanted in the book and, and they were more than happy to do it, which was wonderful. So, you know, the pitch was to them telling them that it's going to be chapters that are going to be about different things, like in the beginning and, and, you know, war stories and things like that. And, we would do about a two-hour interview with everyone, and then Marshall would transcribe everything and pull out all the quotes and so forth that we really thought applied to the different chapters. And once we had accumulated all those, uh, assembled them, we would send them to the individual contributors just to make mm. sure they were all good with it. Because obviously, we didn't want to publish anything that they were uncomfortable with. I mean, we had a couple of people after they kind of like opened up the floodgates uh, of, of how they really felt, called us and like, ah, I probably shouldn't have said that. I'm like, that's fine. This book is not about slamming. It's not about negativity. It's all about positivity and making people laugh and enjoy because I love stories. I love storytelling and I love to be told stories. And 
all through my career, I've always been on set listening to other people's stories. And I just, and, and I just eat them up because I think that's what filmmaking is about. It's about those adventures and, you know, the relationships people have with one another. And, and I just find it so interesting. So pretty much everybody approved their quotes that we picked. And some people like rewrote, like Richard Taylor basically sent back like a whole new thing. Like he wanted to add all this <laughs> stuff. So it's like, it was like 10 pages, which I, I love, you know, you know how Richard is. And, um, but it was great. And, and also the thing is we wanted to cast a wide net. So it just wasn't going to be makeup artists. We interviewed makeup effects people. We interviewed directors. We interviewed actors. We interviewed editors, uh, visual effects uh, supervisors, because I wanted to hear what they had to say. You know, what does what does John Landis have to say about working with Rick Baker and other makeup effects artists? And you know, what is Ben Foster's relationship with his with Jamie Kelman, his makeup artist? You know, on this show and this show. And I thought that was all very interesting. And how does Fred Raskin, who's an editor who edits all of James Gunn and Quentin Tarantino's movies, how does he approach things? And knowing that, you know all the hard work that went into things, but yet you're telling a story and your, your director is maneuvering and utilizing what he needs to, but how do you contend with that? You know? And, and um, I think that's what makes it so interesting. It's not just about talking about to makeup effect guys. It's talking and, and ladies and everybody, because it's, again, it's all over and it's international. It's not just like, Oh, I'm just going to talk to the guys then 706. You know, we talked to David and Muncie at DDT in Spain. And we talked to Luve and Ava in Sweden and, and, uh, you know, the whole UK brigade and Richard Taylor and New Zealand. And so we really wanted to reach out and talk to everybody and get everybody's thoughts on this. And then, of course, once we had that assembled, it was time to hit everybody up for photos. And we ended up accumulating 4,000 photos. And we ended up using uh, maybe about 1,000 or so photos. And um, that was the hardest thing because our, our editor came back and he's like, you have too many photos. You got to, you got to start. Kind of, I'm like, I know, but <clears throat> this is such but a everybody cool loves photo. photos. <laughs> I know, I know. But he's like, you're eating up too many of your pages and losing yeah. your tech. And I'm like, well, the stories are also equally important. You know, mm -hmm. I want, I don't want to like cut somebody's, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to cut Ken Diaz's story about beating the hell out of Mickey Rourke with a two by four. So I can take a photo, <laughs> put a photo in of Mickey, you know, in the makeup that actually has real wounds because Kenny beat him with a two by four. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> crazy stories like that. I kid you not. And stuff that was like urban legend. And I'm like, here it is. It's, it's truly like, this is the reality of it. Like Kenny Diaz is actually telling the urban legend and he was there. So, okay. So yes, that definitely happened. Yeah. You would think that when we offered everybody the, uh, the chance to, um, to check over their quotes that, um, you know, mm. that everything controversial would get cut out, but it really wasn't the case. There was a lot of stuff that we sent people where I thought, oh, you know, they're going to recant that. They're going to say, can you please not share it? But actually, most people were pretty happy to uh, share exactly as we presented it to them. And uh, that came as a nice surprise. So although there's no, there's not a lot of mudslinging, there's definitely some, um, some, some interesting um, and wild uh, stories in the book. The way that we did it was that, you know, like Howard said, we interviewed a load of people for a very long time. And what we did was we didn't worry too much about, we had, you know, the, the chapters that we wanted to fill, but we didn't really worry if some of the interviews went more for one chapter than another. We, we basically pulled our favorite quotes, you know, the cream of the crop of all the interviews that we did. So it's, and we didn't fill in, there's no filler in the book. It's basically just stories, just quotes. And 
and um, and we you know we cut it down to the point where we could just pack as much goodness and all the best stuff from everybody in there as possible. So it's um it's a page turner, Jamie. It's a page turner. What can I tell you? <laughs> How do you think that you were able to kind of get people to speak so freely and be confident handing? that information over for you guys to print. Yeah. Well, I think it's because I have personal relationships with everybody and, and, you know, and, and we've started off every conversation with like, listen, this is just like, we're going out to, Mm. you know, have dinner. This is us, you know, like we're just sitting around bullshitting and having a, you know, a couple bottles. And, and, you know, I stated, Marshall and I stated, this is not a a filth thing. It's not a, like a tell all, it's not that sort of book. It's, you know, it's like a kid laying on his stomach on his bed, looking through the book, reading, laughing, going, God, that's Mm. so cool. You know, and it's, it's to, it's to get everybody enthusiastic about what we do and, and be excited about it. And like, wow, this really is, you know, the, the magic of movie making and, and makeup effects and, and how it all, contributes you know it's a very positive look on what we do and and hopefully encourages you know more people to you know want to get into this and and have a fun time because for me so much of what i do is about the fun of it like it really has yeah. to be a lot of fun I, I you know you and i talked about this before jamie and, and that's a big big thing for me and i want people to understand that the, the film industry is fun you know it can be fun and you can make it fun just because there's people that don't want to have fun that that doesn't mean anything you can still have a really good time which i do but yeah. <laughs> we were very lucky in the fact that people trusted us um and i think again like saying after we're done and we have the quotes we're going to hand them over to you guys to take a look and make sure you're okay with it i don't want you know we don't want to put anything out there that you are uncomfortable with or you feel that compromises yourself or somebody else you know and yeah. that's not what we were looking for uh and and i think it worked very well so you know everybody was very receptive and i think they trust me they know i wasn't going to screw them over or anything like that so yeah you know and it also gave us a chance to um you know people contributed more like um a lot of people like they gave us the answers but then you know once we'd written it up and sent it to them they'd had a chance to think and maybe remember some other aspect of it and stuff so it just sort of got sort of deeper and with more detail and uh, I think it actually added a lot sending it to them not just a matter of them checking it but uh, also I could say hopefully like every single thing is you know factually correct now you know it's we have got so much in this book we have so many people and so many stories and so many memories but now it's been checked and double checked and um, you know that's really important as well we i just hate sort of muddy writing when you know there's a lot of facts and figures wrong i can't bear that sort of writing (laughs) well you're the man for the job then it's good Hey, now I I feel like when looking through the book that it is really truly demonstrating the importance of teamwork in our industry and in our line of work. Was that an intentional move on your guys' part? Yes, absolutely. Because because it is about teamwork, you know, and and I, I know I talk a lot about this on, on a lot of other venues and so forth, and even in the trailer, you know, it's like we all work, I use this term all the time, we all work under the same umbrella. And I feel like the whole entire f- film company does, you know, we're all we're all working towards a common goal, which is to to make this project cool and fun and and provide 
the uh, the director, you know, what his vision is. So, so yeah, to me, it's there it is about teamwork, and and I think my generation is very much like that. Like we all share stuff left and right. I mean, even the other day, somebody, another effects guy, called me and was like, "Hey, do you happen to have a head cast of da 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 da?" And I'm like, "I do." It's like, "Well, can I rent it?" I'm like, "No, but you can borrow it and use it." You know, just mm-hmm. like I would ask you. So it all works out okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's we have to do that. We have to work together, and I know I keep pushing that on on this on the next generations ahead of us that like guys you have to work together you have to learn how to be a team you can't just do everything yourself because then it's just you're not going to get where you are you don't you're not going to get to the final you know the the, the finish line there and it's not going to be su- as successful as if you work as a team and you you know complement each other and lift everybody up because that's what you have to do it's really 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 important with any sort of business you know if you're running a restaurant you need to make sure your employees and waiting staff and and cooking staff or, you know, complimented and you're working as a team so that it all ends up being great. The same thing goes for this, you know, for filmmaking and, and for, you know, our departments, like yelling, people yelling, department heads yelling in a makeup trailer is the most <laughs> obscene thing I've ever heard and seen. And I've seen it to pe- mm. and from people that, you know, are very big, big in the industry or were big in the industry. And I'm like, why are they yelling at somebody this is ludicrous. And, you know, I never, I never did. I mean, I, my wife says I yell all the time, but I just go, no, I'm not. I'm passionate. So <laughs> I, I disguise it between that. But, but, um, but I, you know, you, you treat people the way you wish to be treated. And, and I think this, you know, this, this first volume of the book, and hopefully there'll be a second, cause there's certainly a lot of people we did not get to interview. That's the other thing too. We gave ourselves like a, a like a, a four month window of interviewing. And there's a mm. lot of people we didn't interview, uh, that I really want to interview if if we end up doing a second volume but you know there are people that i i really really like and admire and respect and that was a big thing for me i didn't want to talk to like this person because they're the biggest makeup effects person in the world but they're not really that nice or you know i really wanted to talk to my friends and and i found out about things i didn't know i've you know talked to people that i've known for 40 years and Mm. i found out new things about them and that was really really cool you know and it's just a very casual conversation and and uh you know, we all we all came from the same, you know, the same influences. We all loved Rick Baker, Dick Smith, Rob Bottin, Stan Winston, uh, Greg yeah. Canham, and and dreamed of being able to work for them and work with them someday. And then, you know, working out of your bedroom and teaching yourself because none of us had schools uh, <laughs> or barely a magazine. Like we had Fangoria and Famous Monsters. That was it. And maybe Cinemagic and um, and figured it out, you know, and, and that that's the spirit of, of this book. It's like everybody, how they kind of came about how they started, how they figured this out or figured that out or what the relationship was, you know, writing Dick Smith or, you know, things like that. And it's, it's been a very, it was very nurturing. And now as we're all getting older, cause we're all, I always say we're closer to 60 than we are 50 for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, we're even more, I think, more of a community now, you know, it's like I talked to Alec Gillis yesterday, just as a friendly phone call, like probably 10 years ago, I probably wouldn't have just called like, I'm going to call Al and say hi, you know, or call Christian Tinsley and like, what are you doing? What's up? How's life? So I think, you know, we're all kind of like getting to that age where we're settling in a little bit. And it's not about competition. It's about being friends. And I think that's what's really, really important. Yeah, I mean, the amount of um, time that you've spent working with these people and the friendships that you make, it's definitely a pretty awesome community. It is. It is. And I'm very, very honored to be a part of it, you know. So um, I, of course, understand Howard's level 
of knowing the contents of this book, being like a makeup artist and effects artist himself. But Marshall, mm-hmm. what was your initial understanding of the work and how how much did that change by the time you kind of completed the book? Like, are you an honorary makeup effects artist now? Or- <laughs> I actually did do so. I had some makeup done on me. I, I, I don't think that my uh, makeup, my personal makeup skills have um, have improved that much. I understand it much better. I, I, I presented a quiz at a local cinema of mine um, last Halloween, and Howard sent some 3D transfers of some horrible sort of uh, werewolf wounds. And um, my yeah. wife was, we, won a, we were on a, a Zoom with him, and he was talking her through how to do it and so you know by the end I'd so I turn up with this really ghastly looking makeup I mean you know like it was good makeup but I just I was covered in blood and scratches and tears and my head was you know open and it was it was fantastic I think they were really surprised <laughs> the manager at the cinema wasn't quite expecting that so it's like uh, well you know I'm writing this makeup book uh, my friend Howard sent me a few things and it wasn't like the sort of like thing that you'd go down to the local shop and get a bit red on you um, but at the beginning of the book, um, when we at the beginning of the process, um, I said to Howard, "Do you think I should like read anything? Should I, you know, train myself up? Should I so I understand the terms or whatever?" Um, and he said, "No, just you know, you're talking to everybody. We're going to be talking to everybody. Everything you need to know, um, you'll learn as you go along." And he was right, you know, he was right. And uh, also, as I think he said, um, it's not an instructional book. So it's not it's not about mm. um, you know hiding the edges or you know I, I picked up lots of phrases but it's not about that it's not going to really teach you how to do it it's 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 more like mm. um, stories um, behind the scenes of it it talks about the art of makeup but not the, the the process exactly if that makes sense you know it'll talk about how somebody came to the design of something but not necessarily um, all of the nitty gritty it'll talk about how it's very sticky and uncomfortable but you know it, it doesn't go into so much detail that we we didn't want to put people off who maybe aren't fascinated with the industry like a lot of people are just movie fans and they want to hear some behind the scenes stories about you know how um jack nicholson's joker makeup was created uh, about you know working with jack nicholson or, or or how heath ledger's joker makeup was created or some stories behind the you know the making of legend or harry potter or the the mcu or star wars or so you know i i grew up obsessed with the same sorts of things as Howard, the same movies. I was, Mm. you know, a monster kid myself, but I didn't go in the direction of wanting to do the makeups. I was more of like a professional appreciator. I I just um, wanted to write about it. We just sort of came from different ends, but we were totally into the same sort of thing. But no, I I couldn't, you wouldn't want me to do a makeup on you. I think it would be ghastly (laughs) in in, in all the wrong ways. You know, it would not, it would not come out well. That's why this has worked great with Marshall, you know, because I'm certainly Marshall's, you know, the brains behind all the writing and constantly, you know, when we were doing it, sending me his, his roughs and I'd, you know, fire back and like, I think it needs to be this or this, this. And we split it up, you know, Marshall handled all the, the literary aspect and I did all the visual aspect and then did all the captions. Cause that's the other thing too. I always hated in the books, like where there was a photo of like Stan Winston with like three other guys who I knew. And it just went Stan Winston with, 
unknown crew members. And I'm like, no, that's John right. Rosencrantz and Shane Mahan and Richard Landon. So, yeah. we, so Marshall and I made sure that every single person that's in a photograph is in those captions. And even there were people I didn't know, like in the UK, I'd mm. write Neil Gorton. I'm like, who is that makeup artist? He's like, oh, that's so-and-so. And I'm like, okay, she's going in the book. So When people um, read the book, they're going to have no idea that there are some captions in there that we spent like three hours searching for a name or, or for like, what is that? Or, you know, what, you know, what film is that from? Or, you know, there was just, there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of research done, you know, as much as Howard knows, and as much as I know, there were still some mysteries and there were some mystery people. I got to say that Howard's, um, is always very modest and, well, not always, mostly very modest and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and is amazing at giving credit, but it wasn't that I just handled the words and that he just handled the pictures. I would never have been able to do this without him. I like to think that he couldn't have done it without me as well. It was, we're talking about partnership as a journalist. Mm. I've spent most of my career just sitting in front of a computer and it's pretty solitary. I've never worked with anybody to this extent that I did with Howard and, um, I love the whole teamwork thing. I just always want to just be a team with Howard, really. You know, it just, it it worked out so well. Like, he was the one that secured 99% of the interviews. He knew everybody. Mm. So he knew what to ask them. You know, I mean, we both contributed questions, but it usually began with Howard thinking, well, you know, this guy did this or, or, you know, uh, she did, you know, that amazing thing or that's her speciality. Or so he always knew exactly, you know, where to cut to, where to ask. And, and, uh, you know, we got so much stuff because of, you know, Howard's sort of questioning. And yeah, I, I sort of took the lead in sort of writing it up and, and, and putting it all together and making it readable copy but how it always came back with amazing notes and uh and made me better and um and yeah the captions that was we thought we'd finished the book when we finished writing the book but that was like that was like we were halfway there. The pictures was this Herculean task. I mean, Howard got sent like over 4,000 pictures and I totally let him, um, you know, do the lion's share of that stuff. He had so many pictures to sort through. It was absolutely bewildering. And then writing the captions, that was thousands and thousands more words. And they're just, you know, stuck all around the place. But, you know, we, um, we got through it. It was a fantastic experience. You know, I wouldn't have changed anything for the world, to be honest. Yeah, no, not at all. It was, it, it just went, it was perfect. It was, you know, granted, as we all know, the pandemic was absolutely hideous and, and horrifying and traumatic and, and wish it didn't happen. But sometimes you have to go, okay, well, I'm in this situation. I felt like my wife and I were very, very lucky. We, you know, had a, a nice house that we were able to stay in and we were very creative. And this just added to it. This this really made the time pass and it was constant working on it. And, and like, you know, we started thinking about it in April. We finished doing the interviews in August of 2020. And then we started writing and, and we literally finished the book right before Christmas, I think, or like maybe October, no, it was like before, yeah, like, like November, we handed everything in. But that didn't stop. You know, we kept thinking and thinking and thinking. And and we had a really good editor, Ross over at Wellbeck, who was wonderful, and, and Russell, who was our designer. And it was just such a good hand in hand uh, working relationships because they'd send us stuff and we'd like re-edit it, you know, and remove it and, you know, go on Photoshop and cut and paste and like, no, no, this wants to go here and this is the wrong and this is, and no, you don't want to show that photo here. You want to move this entire page to here. So it really was like our, our Marshall and I had our, 
our fingers on every single aspect of this book, you know, and I think that's also why it's not like we wrote it and hand it over and, and it's like, okay, we'll let them take care of it. No way yeah. in hell, you know? Mm-hmm. And also this is something that <clears throat> if anybody ever says, you know, I think I'm going to write a book, it's hard as hell. It is so hard to write a book. And, it, and I mean, it was way harder than I ever thought. And, and the amount of time and pressure and, you know, because we had deadlines from the editor from the publishing company gave us yeah. deadlines and we had to meet them. But we always did great. They always kind of fell behind on their deadlines. I'm like, OK, well, I need to have this. Today. And I was like, oh, we're just running a little behind. I'm like, you son of a bitches. And meanwhile, you know, we'll get a page and like we need this back in a week. And Marshall and I would do it that night. Get on, you know, I'd wake up. I wake up at four in the morning, every morning, Marshall and I would have FaceTime and we'd go through the pages they sent us and we'd re-edit live. And then I'm like, okay, we feel good. I'm going to send this to them. So, you know, it, it fulfilled our tons. The hard thing was when I went back to work, cause I started work in August of 2020, yeah. um, it was hard to juggle, you know, so we oh, were yeah. limited in, in when we could do interviews or how we were going to talk. And, but we always mm-hmm. found a time and Marshall and I just stayed in touch. We talk every single day. We've been talking every single day for the last two years. So, um, so I'm looking forward to the next two years where I will not be speaking to Marshall. <laughs> no, no, you're looking forward to that. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm pretty sure you said something about volume two, Howard. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm perpetuating that. That's, that goes right into the same thing. Like I was on a movie it was the first Narnia, and uh, I kept telling everybody that Mark Johnson, who was the executive producer, for the rap gift was going to be an iPhone. The iPhones had just come out. And I'm mm. like, yeah, Mark, we're getting iPhones for rap gift. That's, was, that was completely untrue. But I felt like if I said it enough, eventually they would have to get us all iPhones. But they never did. But, you know, it's like on Orville, season, the last season, I said, hey, Seth's getting everybody Teslas. But oh that didn't God. happen. That didn't happen either. <laughs> So you're shooting a little high there. <laughs> I know, I know, but you know, it's Seth MacFarlane. So, and that, Hey, yeah. you know what? Speaking of Seth MacFarlane. So that was the other thing too. Like, you know, Marshall, and I talked about who would be great to do the, the forward and the, and the, and the afterward. And yeah. I was like, God, if we can get Guillermo. So I, I reached out to Guillermo del Toro and he's like, yes, of course I want to do it. That's, oh, it's wonderful. So and, amazing. And, and, and I, you know, and he was shooting, shooting a film in Toronto and, you know, had his hands in a hundred different things. And, mm. and I, and, and I would give like friendly reminders and I didn't want to piss him off, you know, and he finally was like, listen, I've got to finish this movie. Okay. And I'm like, I get it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I appreciate everything you're doing. And then when he sent it, I was like, oh my God, this is beautiful. And then he sent another one. He's like, no, no, I re- wrote it this is better and then no 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 i rewrote it this is better so i think i got like 10 drafts from guillermo he's like use this one delete the others and then i was like i'm gonna ask seth mcfarland because i know seth is a fan of everything and yeah. see if seth would write the afterward so i reached out to seth and he's like yeah sure howard that sounds great like i mean you what you want it like this or you want it like that or you know t- tell me what you want and i'm like no no just talk about your experience with makeup effects and mm. it's like well i only know it from you and i'm like yeah but as a kid when you saw this movie or that movie, like, what did you think? Like your mind has always been so active. So he yeah. wrote a beautiful afterward and talks about all this great stuff. And the first, the first real makeup effect where he was like, that looks real was sloth from wow. Goonies. Yeah. And he talks about that, you know, and it's great. He credits Craig Reardon, who was the original designer of it. And then Tom Berman, who then came in and took over after Craig left the show. And he, you know, it was just such a, a warm, loving, you know, description of his childhood and what made it special as far as seeing movies that had these amazing magical characters in it. And I just felt really, really honored that, that, 
you know, both Guillermo and Seth were a part of this book, you know, and, and Seth is always, he's so funny because he's, he's, it was always kind of like, if it's not good, you can throw it away. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You're Seth MacFarlane. My God, you know, you could write my cat's breath smells like cat food and I'll use it, you know? Um, <laughs> and, and it's like, you're Seth MacFarlane, you're a genius. But it was just, it was so nice to have them contribute. And, and I remember when I talked to Guillermo, I was listing off all the people that are in the book and he's like, and I'm in the book too. And I'm like, yes, and you too, Guillermo. <laughs> so it, it was, it was cool. But yeah, we were very, very lucky. I think, yeah, I mean, you know, so regarding volume two, I'm sorry, uh, if I put it out there, then it'll happen. And I really want to, I mean, there's people, I, there's a lot of my good friends like Chris Nelson. I didn't get a chance to interview and, and Adam Johnson, who owns Odd Studios in Australia, you know, Euron Lundstrom, who's in Sweden, who's a genius. You know, there's a lot of people. I already started, I already started my list and there's yeah. a lot of people. I didn't get a chance to interview Tom Berman. I mean, but that was also the thing is I didn't want to do the usual suspects. Like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, we were lucky enough to talk to Rick Baker, who was wonderful as always. And I mean, I'm the biggest Rick Baker fan, although I'm, there's people that will say they're bigger, but I'm willing to do a fight club with them and see who wins. Yeah. Um, but uh, I know Billy Corso is like, I'm a bigger fan. So, um, but anyhow, like we didn't want to do the usual suspects and, and we interviewed people that are the top dogs and we interviewed people who aren't the top dogs yet. You know, mm -hmm. and and I really thought, you know, even a guy named Rob Freitas, who I think is the best mold maker in, the, in, in our industry, mm -hmm. like I wanted to hear what Rob's take was on things, you know, and he's so brilliant. And I think every mold he makes is a piece of art. So, you know, we really talked to a lot of different people. I want to clarify something. Howard, Go you've got to take a breath sometimes. You've got to take a breath sometimes. I'm waiting there. It, the time to not to stop speaking to me every day would have been, you know, it's past that. It's too late for that now. You know, the time to have sort of shrugged me off would have been 15 years ago. Um, and by not, <laughs> by not giving me your email address, you know, once once you gave me your email address, that whole, you know, that that, that train started and um, it will it will never stop. We're already talking about the next uh, book and, and other things. And I actually had an, uh, another idea um, for a book for us after that. So it's like, um, it's never going to end. We'll always be writing something or promoting something. Um, you know, it's, it's no, you, there's no escape from me, Howard. Yeah, FYI, Howard. Just yeah, I'm, I'm well aware. I'm, yeah. I'm well aware. <laughs> I am the guy who, who chased you for, you know, 10 plus years to do this. Um, I'm going to ask you probably an impossible question, but with all those images that you guys collected and uh -huh. what ended up in the book, do you have a standout favorite that you're just like, man, I can't believe we got our hands on this picture? What was really cool, I mean, we have a million photos that are magnificent, but I really <laughs> loved... We reached out to Christopher Tucker, and Christopher Tucker created and designed, designed and created the makeup for the Elephant Man on John Hurt for David Lynch's movie. And yeah. Christopher gave us access to so many photos that were really amazing. Like, and I know that they've been seen before, but these, like, he gave us like his original super high def photos that he personally took of the Elephant Man test makeup, and and uh, I thought that was wonderful. And also, he had he had some Polaroids from Meaning of Life of Mr. Creosote that I had never seen before, which is a makeup he did on Terry Jones, the big, really giant, heavy set guy, wow. and had had stories about that. And we utilized those Polaroids. You know, Matt Winston. Uh, gave me access to the, to a lot of stuff that, of Stan's I had never seen before when Stan was younger, when he was in, in college, 
doing makeups on himself, him as a werewolf. Uh, and uh, that was really, really special and just a lot of great stuff. People were very, very generous, you know, and, and again, we wanted to make sure that we didn't compromise anybody. We wanted to make sure everybody was all good with the photos we picked. Plus, I mean, I have a great eye for stuff and so does Marshall. And, you know, we picked stuff that was really, really special and that was really exciting. I told you, you wouldn't have to choose a favorite. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's hard. But I, I love the the elephant man. The elephant man photos are, are okay. I think, exceptional there. Sorry. I know. Uh, Jamie, you know, I go on these tangents. That's why the first time you interviewed me, it's like two episodes because it's like I don't shut up. I've got my answer now. I've got my answer now. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm ready. I'm ready to jump in now. Um, I realized that actually my favorite chapter um, of the book is um, the one that we call What Dreams Are Made Of. And it's basically stories of um, kind of childhood and teenagerhood and basically um, everybody's their first uh, the first signs that they loved monsters and, and makeup and uh, wanted to pursue that and um, there's some wonderful stories about you where well, you can tell that you know there's a 10 year old or a 15 year old and they're telling that story but you could just tell that they were destined for like movie greatness because they were just so in love with it and we have pictures yeah. you know to go along with that like we've got um, we've got a great picture of Kevin Yeager sculpting a Yoda in you know in his bedroom where most of most of you guys got your starts just uh, sitting in your bedroom mm. um, friendless dateless working on a Yoda you know instead of going out playing football or being social and thank God for that because there are plenty of social people in the world and you became social later in life once you emerged from the bedrooms but I, I love those early pictures and there's a fantastic pictures of like Jamie Kelman in an ET costume that what his uh, his grandma made for him and um it was like, I'm just amazed that he wasn't beaten up every single day <laughs> walking around like that. But he's just so amazing. And, you know, having got a chance to uh, get to know um, Jamie a bit, it was like uh, I would have definitely been his friend and I would have dressed up as, I don't know, Gertie or Elliot or, or the spaceship or whatever to just kind of hang out with him. <laughs> so I just love those early pictures. I think that they are incredibly telling and very sweet. And... Um, and funny, you know, and when you see that, you yeah. know, what they were doing at eight, they're, they're still doing, you know, 20, 30, 40 years yeah. later. You I know? mean, it's incredible. Yeah. Well, it is a, a passion from such an early age is so yep. exciting to then grow up and be able to do that as a, as an adult is just. It is. It's, I mean, you know, I think both Marshall and I grew up doing what we wanted to do, um, you know, and being in this world, this immersive world of, you know, film and fantasy and horror and sci-fi and everything that's cool. You know, I mean, you know, you dream about it as a kid and and then it, it, it comes to reality, you know. You have to make it so, though. That's It just wasn't like, as you know, a ma like a magic word, you know, that no. poof and then like, you know, shabba-da-doo and then look, I'm a professional makeup artist. You know, that's nowadays people think there's a magic word. But, you know, it's just really having your your the love of it. I mean, you know, same with Greg Nicotero. He, he, is, he loves all this and mm. it still feeds him and we all get excited. Like he just got a little Valley of the Guanche toy and he and I are looking at it and like, isn't this cool? Look, it's just like the same size as what Ray Harryhausen did. And, you know, here's like 60 year old guys like drooling over a toy. But, uh, but if, you know, if you saw Marshall's house or his room, rather, it is like wall to wall toys. It's not like a mess or anything. It's very, very meticulous and organized per character, but it's, it is incredibly uh, disturbing. 
to something. <laughs> <laughs> it is disturbing. You know, every time we started an interview, that you know, people would look like I could see them sort of moving their head around to see, if, to like, like that would help them see around me better on a Zoom, and uh, and they would go, "Is that a? Is that like a a background? Is that like a fake background, or is that like your room?" And then and then how to say, "Okay, Marshall, go give everyone the tour." So it was like I gave like so many of the people that we interviewed tours. It was kind of amazing, you know, kind of um, showing, you know, Tom Savini, my zombie toys and, and, and things and, you know, kind of like, and look, and here's this character, which of course you designed and created. And now I've got 12 of them here. And, you know, so, yeah. Uh, I, I love how you're, you're proud enough to still just call them toys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's my <laughs> I'm not calling them collectibles. That's just bullshit. It's like, uh, I'm also not a very good collector. <laughs> I take everything out of the box because I just want to have a play with it as well. So it's like I'm, well, of course, I'm, the, as you should. I'm the worst collector, the best and the worst at the same time. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, now, for those that have not pre-ordered this beauty, how would they go about doing that? Well, that's well. You could literally just do uh, Masters of Makeup Effects in a search site, or you could look at any of our socials where we're just constantly plugging away, and you're never more than three or four posts on, on any of my socials away from the links to everything. Um, so you can buy it on Amazon, Amazon US, Amazon UK, any Amazon really around the world. You can get it. Um, we've got our a signing at Dark Delicacies. You can go to Dark Delicacies. You can um, pre-order that and come along to the world's greatest signing. We have like over 20 of our contributors joining us i think about 25 now isn't it howard so um you're going to be able yeah, to come something and get like your, that. yeah yeah you're going to be able to come and get your book signed there by like 25 30 people which is sort of in like incredible i don't think there's ever been a signing quite like it we're doing one at the academy museum um we're doing one at a cinema called the Montalban, and uh you, there are going to be plenty of opportunities to get signed books, but if you if you want to just ensure that you definitely get one day one, then um, you know Amazon is your safest bet. Yeah, awesome. And those events are kind of towards the end of September, are they? They, they so are. Yeah, I can. Yeah, the the Dark Delicacy is going to be September eighteenth from mm-hmm. three to five at, and that's in Burbank. And and Dark Delicacies is on Hollywood Way in Burbank. It's a super cool store. And then the twentieth, Marshall and I are speaking at Mud Makeup school in Burbank yeah. and that'll be fun and then on the 23rd uh, there's a theater that the Montauban theater in Hollywood it's on Vine we're doing an event we're still trying to put that together but it's going to be really cool again a lot of contributors there it'll be a Q&A and then you know showing stuff up on the big screen and then book signing and all that stuff and then on the 25th of September we're having a signing from one to three at the Academy Museum which will be great and we're going to have the space is limited there. So we're going to have about 10 contributors, but there, there's some pretty cool people coming out. Uh, you know, aside from makeup artists like Bruce Campbell is saying he's going to be available and Doug Jones is going to be available. So to come on out and, and maybe a couple of the surprise guests, uh, but that's going to be great. So Marshall book, basically, a, you know, like a 10 day trip to America to be a part of that. And, but in between there, we have to fit in Disneyland because we have to go to Star Wars land and get our lightsabers. And, and then we have yeah. to do Magic Castle. And yeah, there's a whole list of stuff that we have to fit. It's, I'm going to need a vacation 
after Marshall's here because I'm going to be fried. So, um, but that's all good. The only time that Howard and I have ever like met in person was the first time that we actually met in 2006 when I interviewed him for the first Narnia movie, and he made me up as Mr. Yeah. Thomas, which is in the book. And so, yeah. you know, in the last two and a half years, like he said, we've been speaking every day, and not everything is about the book. Sometimes it's about all the things that we're going to do when I'm out there. If you're if you're in the same country as someone, you'll say, oh, I just heard about this great restaurant and let's go next week or something. We haven't had a chance to do that. So we've just got this very long list. But yes, at the center of it, the most important event in the whole trip is that we're going to Star Wars World in Disneyland, which I haven't been to. And Howard keeps going there and sending me pictures and, and it's driving me <laughs> A little bit crazy, jealous, but he has promised we're going to get like the fancy lightsabers when we go there and really um, embarrass. Yeah. We're going to be gonna so embarrassing. So Even people that don't know us, that just see us, are going to be embarrassed. We'll be embarrassed for you. Yeah, yeah, and for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I'm at the same time as these clowns. Yeah. Well, what, I, what I'm thinking about doing is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a burned out lot like just a burned out place mm -hmm. and then take Marshall and go, Oh no, Disneyland burned down. We can't go. <laughs> so let's see what he does. Well, but I would, I would do that. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm just joking. Here's Disneyland. And then you'll be so happy. And it'll be, it'll make that, that much more fun. So that'll yeah, work that's out. Perfect. Well guys, like the must have makeup effects books of the past. I do believe this is definitely a book artists and monster lovers will just have to have in their collection for some it will be the beginning of their makeup effects journey and what an introduction it will be and for others it'll be like traveling down memory lane i just love it i'm so excited for you guys and i'm so excited for everybody to get their hands on it <laughs> me too yeah <laughs> well thank you jamie thank you so much this was really wonderful and, and we really appreciate it and yeah i hope everybody loves the book i think it's fun and colorful and entertaining and and if people, uh, you know, are in, in town in Los Angeles and want to come to any of those events, the, that would be wonderful. And we'll see you there and, you know, come ready to meet a whole bunch of makeup effects legends. So that's Absolutely. great. And once again, the book is titled Masters of Makeup Effects, A Century of Practical Magic. Right. <laughs> Good. And it will be born into the world on September 13th. That's right. Yes. That's the plan. The I plan, bar, barring any issues in, in, in printing in China. Yes, that is the plan. Okay. So. <laughs> well, um, thank you for creating this magic. Thank you. And um, I'm sure people will adore it and love it for years to come. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you. Of course, guys. Well done. For links to see more about our guests, go to our Instagram at The Last Looks Podcast or our website, thelastlookspodcast.com. If you want to keep up with new episodes being released, be sure to subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, YouTube, or any podcast streaming platform. And remember, if you're enjoying the show, share it. The Last Looks Podcast would like to thank Brett Stanley and Sabrina Castro. The song Fun Time by DJ Quads. Thanks for listening. Until next time. That's a wrap, people.